This is episode nine. I'm Chris Motes, and this is Faith in Politics. South Dakota Catholic Conference represents the bishops of South Dakota on matters of public policy, providing explanations of how church teaching applies to issues of our day. On this podcast, we range from the soul to the state as we try to cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. Our topic today, if we're made for heaven, why should we care about politics? That's a great question. I'm really excited that joining us to talk about this question is Father Tyler Matson, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. Well, thank you for for proposing this question. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was taking some some notes on a couple of things we were talking about. We started talking about this, and I just stopped taking notes. Like <laughs> my mind just sort of lit up mm. with. Uh, so I'm really excited to jump into this topic. Uh, but before we begin, could you just share with our listeners a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, Father Tyler Matson from Sioux Falls originally, and have been ordained a priest here for about three years, and has spent those three years here in the city of Sioux Falls as a parish priest and also as a middle school chaplain at our Catholic middle school. And you've been, uh, in addition to being a chaplain at uh, O'Gorman Junior High, mm-hmm. you're um a parochial vicar at Holy Spirit, which mm-hmm. I need to mention by name because that's my home parish. <laughs> right. That's right. where I grew up. So thank you. See your parents um, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So um, if I say anything foolish, you can blame my pastor for not forming me. I'm that's just joking. Right. That's right. Uh, but no, Mon- Monsignor Androsco was a, mm-hmm. was a great pastor mm-hmm. uh, who I think about a lot, uh, thinking about my childhood. But this, this topic for today, um, if we're made for heaven, why should we care about politics? I think this is a question that that a lot of people have. Um, yeah. So explain to us, like, why why this question? How did this come sure. up for you? Sure. Well, you know, so kind of a sort of a, I, when I was in seminary, I, I took a class on faith and politics, just kind of in general. And we had a, one, of, one, of my, the, one of the seminarians in the class. He was a, a year older than me. He was already a deacon at this point. He could be described as like a very spiritual man, you know, wore sandals all the time, had a big beard, kind of embodied the spirit of St. Francis of Assisi, just one of nature. And from like day one in this class, he was like, listen, professor, none of this matters. Like the only thing that matters is that we become a saint. Only thing that matters is that we go to heaven. And like, I honestly don't care about politics at all. And it made our professor really excited because he was like, oh, I'm going to change your mind before this class is over. Unfortunately, the guy dropped the class in like two weeks after that. But from that point on, it got me thinking about this question because I think a lot of sort of uh, Catholics who are taking their faith seriously might run into that same question that 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 man did of like, what does it matter? Like if I'm if if I want to be a saint, that's for all eternity. Like why should I care about uh, this short time on earth? And 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 you know, and honestly, I wondered about that myself uh, until. Until last year, it really cleared up for me when I was doing a Bible study at Holy Spirit on the book of Revelation. And I don't know how much you want to go on this right now, but basically the idea was uh, we're reading Revelation 21. It's a really confusing book. I'm not, this is not a Bible study Revelation, but basically it, it describes at the end of time when, when this earth is destroyed, we know, and this, and this, is, this is Catholic teaching, so this isn't, it's not just me making it up. But we know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. 
And I'd always understood that concept as like somehow this earth was going to be destroyed completely. It was all going to be gone. And then God was going to do something completely different. But the language that St. John actually uses in Revelation is he says, this earth is going to pass away. In the same way that you or I might pass away at the end of our life. But just like we know, eventually there's going to be the resurrection of the body, that we're going to be resurrected to new life. And that's in our creed that we pray every Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, In the same way, John talks about this earth being resurrected, transformed, and that's the new earth. So it's not something completely different. Just like our new bodies, our resurrected bodies won't be something completely different, but it's actually going to be uh, this earth but now transformed by the presence of God. So we talk about um, our resurrected bodies being um, glorified bodies yeah, in glorified some way. Bodies, yeah. Is it? Is that? Can we apply the similar thought to the new creation of of being sort of? We don't know mm-hmm. yet uh, what it looks like or, or yeah. how exactly the Lord will do it, but a, um, a glorified in in some way yet to be revealed. Yeah, exactly, and that's what so that's what so amazing about the way that St. John talks about this reality is, you know, right right now we think about earth being down here and heaven being up there. And there's a sort of the separation between what's in heaven and what's in earth. And even though that's not really true when it comes to our spiritual lives, it's just easy to think about it that way. Like I'm on earth, hope to eventually go to heaven, two different places. Right. Well, when this glorified earth comes about, St. John uses the language that suddenly heaven and earth meet. It's a marriage. It's the, it's the wedding feast of the Lamb, uh, mm. of the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And suddenly, yeah, it's, it's our earth transformed. But why is it transformed? Because suddenly God is the temple. Uh, he's the light. He, he permeates this new city, this new earth. Transformed by God's presence. And what's coming to mind now when you say this meeting, this marriage, it, the, the mass is coming to mind. Right. You know, this. Uh, that, that's what our faith teaches is that it's, it's truly heaven meeting earth mm-hmm. when Christ is, when his, his sacrifice is being represented on the altar. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of this mysterious, that's, that's even, what you're saying is it's even tied to the created reality of, of our physical world. Is that? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's, like, that's why the church cares about this earth. And that's why the church cares about politics. Okay, you're going to have to, let's let's break this apart a little bit. Because okay. I, I love this stuff. I'm just kind of sure. eating it up. But, like, what does that mean for politics, I think, yeah. is what our listeners are maybe asking yeah. right now. Yeah, if, thank you. <laughs> if you're joining us at, at seven minutes in, uh, Chris Motes here with Father Tyler Matson. This is Faith in Politics. And we're we're asking the question, if we're made for heaven— why should we care about politics? Mm-hmm. Take it away, Father. <laughs> yeah, so so we're talking about this reality that that we know that the end goal, the end goal, like what we're, we're what we're waiting for, working for, is that someday we will have a resurrected body and we'll live on a resurrected earth. To use that kind of language, and why should we care about politics? Because the whole reason why. Jesus brought about a church on earth was that the kingdom of God could be established here, even in time. Uh, that's what the church is. It's, it's the kingdom of God 
existing here in time. Uh, and you gave the, the beautiful example of the Mass, right? This is this beautiful moment when this kingdom of God is, is, is nurtured and strengthened. Well, if it's true that the kingdom of God is meant to be here on earth, even now in time, then it's, it's one of the missions of, of, the, of the members of that kingdom to make this world look more like the kingdom of God. Mm. And if you, if you think about politics, just really broadly speaking, uh, to say, okay, politics is asking this question, like how, how, how can we live together as human beings and how can we do that well? Yeah. And how can we do it where you know it's fair, where people thrive, where life is respected? Well, all those questions touch on the kingdom of God. Mm. Like those are things that the church is concerned with. So the more that we as, as church, as the people of God, engage with politics to bring about justice, to bring about greater respect for life, uh, to bring about a greater uh, just understanding of the dignity of the human person, all of these things, the common good, that's actually ways where the kingdom of God is reflected on this earth now, here in time. Yeah, and I I like the point you make to just take a step back and say politics, you know, um, broadly speaking, because I think sometimes we can have misconceptions about what politics is. We either get caught up in... Um, you know, ideological sort of summaries of, or, okay, this is what politics is. Politics is just the government needs to stay out of everything or the government needs to do everything. Mm-hmm. And and without pronouncing error on any particular, you know, ideology, the church's understanding of politics is simply the way in which we order our lives unto human flourishing, mm-hmm. which um, could mean at times that um, it's more appropriate for the government to get out of the way, so to speak, mm-hmm. Maybe it's more appropriate for the government to intervene. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, we can go through a million different scenarios, mm-hmm. but but the the bottom line is that politics isn't like um isn't like just this necessary evil that we have to put right. up with right. as a result of the fall. It's actually mm-hmm. something that that is useful, helpful, and good mm-hmm. insofar as it's a means that we have as humans to order our common life together. Mm-hmm. But if you could just with that understanding of politics. Mm-hmm in mind, if I want to kind of summarize what, what you're saying is that, is that if we're made for heaven, we should care about politics because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes. That's, I mean, and those are Christ's words, right? Right. So it is, and I, I remember I've, I have this vivid memory of asking one of my friends who's now a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, I, I said, um, I think he was a seminarian or maybe a transitional deacon. I said, is the kingdom right now or is it yet to come? Hmm. And, and my friend responded to me, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yes. one of those things of our faith, it's a both and. <laughs> yes. But so that the kingdom, um, we, we, we care about politics because the kingdom is right now and right. it's yet to come. Right. And if I'm hearing what you're saying that you're getting out of, of Revelation is that um, – there can be a, a meeting, perhaps in a faint right. and a veiled way, mm-hmm. but we can foreshadow mm-hmm. um, our destiny. We can we can live as free human beings. We can live in a, a foreshadowed way, that for which we were ultimately made. Is that fair? Absolutely. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Maybe one w- way to be helpful to think about this is to sort of say, 
what, what would be maybe two errors of, of thinking about this, two extremes? Well, one extreme would say that the point of our life on earth is to make this world the kingdom of God, to make them identical, to mm-hmm. say, like, we're going to bring about the kingdom of God completely here on earth. And that's a very temporal way of looking at the kingdom of God, which, which one, it'll, it'll never happen, right? There's always going to be the reality of evil, the reality of sin. So it's never going to be identical. Like the kingdom of God is never going to come about fully on this earth. But the opposite extreme and the opposite error is to say there's no connection at all. There's no meeting point at all. Yeah. That the kingdom of, that this earth is the kingdom of darkness, heaven's the kingdom of light, and, and the two won't meet. But the church, yeah. in the way that she normally does, says, well, there's actually something in the middle where, yes, the fullness of the kingdom of God will only come about at the end of time only exist in in this heavenly reality and we can start living that reality in part here on earth and in fact we can actually let's just say this this is not how it actually is but let's say we can say right now on earth it's 40 percent the kingdom of god uh and 60 percent the kingdom of evil right and say okay but actually if, if we if you lean into politics well and, and and you really live out your life as a catholic in politics to bring about good Maybe it can be 50-50 and then 60-40, right? So it's sure, never going to be sure. it's never going to be 100%. But yeah. but but you start you start foreshadowing what the kingdom's going to be like even here on earth. Well, and to, if I can step back for a minute to these two ex- extremes that we've rejected, on the one hand, sort of this this fully this extreme that we've rejected where it's kind of this fully um present temporal reality of of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think the church has rejected this as a heresy of of uh, millenarianism, millennium. Yeah, so this, yeah, yeah. I forget, I'm butchering how to say it, but this idea that that when Christ comes mm-hmm. again, he's going to be visibly in the flesh ruling the earth. Mm-hmm. The church has rejected this uh, as, nope, this is a heresy. Right. Um, that's not what we're anticipating. That's not what we're hoping for. That's not our prayer. Mm-hmm. When we pray, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Um our father. Um, but the other extreme, just sort of rejecting the other idea that God doesn't care about politics. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I've, maybe it's just because I'm a, a lay person who just sort of has this natural affinity for my country and its common life. But I find that one a little bit more like, oh, of course God cares about politics. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it, it, it matters a great deal. But, but what you're pointing us towards um, that you came to through your study of, of Revelation is just this sort of mid, middle ground, uh, if you will, mm-hmm. of, 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 of being convicted that he, that he does care about politics, mm-hmm. that we can, um, that we can um, work for his kingdom here and now. Because he cares about it, we, we should care about it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you came to was... Um, this, this quotation from the Catechism. Yeah. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Sure. Would you like me just to read some of it? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is uh, paragraph 1049 from the Catechism. I'll just read the first, the first uh, bit of it here. And it, it's quoting Gallium et Spes, but, but it's, it's in the section on heaven, okay, which is what's so extraordinary about this. It's, so the Catechism section on heaven, 1049 says, Far from diminishing our concern to develop this earth, the expectancy of a new earth should spur us on. 
for it is here that the body of a new human family grows, foreshadowing in some way the age which is to come. Right? Let, let me interrupt just a minute sure. because when he when the language says it's here, we're talking about right now. We're talking about Sioux Falls, South Dakota, yes. Rapid City, America, yes, exactly. 2020. Exactly. Here. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. So th- this is here that this body of the new family, the new human family that Christ came to bring grows, foreshadowing the age to come, heaven. And that is why, although we must be careful to distinguish earthly progress clearly, clearly from the increase of the kingdom of Christ, such progress is a vital concern to the kingdom of God insofar as it can contribute to the better ordering of human society. Did you catch that? The, the catechism is saying that this desire to bring about a greater human family on earth, a better society on earth, which is like the concern of politics, is actually a vital concern for the kingdom of God. Vital. Mm. That means if you don't have it, you die. It's, it's necessary to yeah. the life. Right. So the church isn't just saying that it's like a good option for you to care about politics uh, or, or, or to be a good citizen. The church is saying it's actually vital in order to bring about the kingdom of God. And you might even say, if you want to be a saint, it's vital for you to care about a better human society here on earth. Mm. I, this language is, is so striking. And just the idea, I think it's something that we oftentimes don't think about. I, I know in my own just life of faith, growth in faith, I often thought of, of like this really stark split, a chasm, if you will, mm-hmm. between just sort of our, our life in this valley of tears mm-hmm. and, and heaven, sort yeah. of this beatific vision. And the whole point is if I just sort of suffer through this valley of tears mm-hmm. and I do it well and I don't complain too much and I kind of you know do all the things that I'm supposed to do, then I might get heaven at yeah, some point in the right. future. It, it's, it's like this sort of reward that's going to be dished out to me. Mm-hmm. But what I'm, what I'm kind of hearing, and it's starting to make sense, even as we mentioned the mass earlier, mm-hmm. as this sort of maybe a, a, a link mm-hmm. of sorts, that, um, that it's not like an unbridgeable chasm between the two. Like through my baptism— I'm already free yeah. for that which I am ultimately made. Mm-hmm. And I'm not there to it's like, I'm not there to like it's perfection or it's completion mm-hmm. yet, but because I've been set free, my eyes have been opened, my, sh- my sins have been washed away, mm-hmm. I already have a participation in the kingdom that I was right. made for. Right. And, and it, it's the, the progress of my life in society every day, which mm-hmm. includes my citizenship. Mm-hmm. I am a citizen. That's a fact. You know, that this is vital to, in, in, in some way, to like um, the perfection of the kingdom, like the, the building up of the, the work of God. Absolutely. And I think that's, so my, my favorite definition of grace is that grace is eternal life already begun in us, already begun in us. And something I, I preach a lot of Holy Spirit is we do not have to wait till heaven till we're dead. If you wait to get to heaven till you're dead, you're missing the point. Because like you said, already through your baptism, you're living in the kingdom of God right now. So that death for the person who's part of the kingdom is just a lifting of the veil. 
and you get to see more fully the reality that you should already be living in right now. And that's not to say, okay, I should only care about prayer or I should only care about the sacraments. Mm. Those things are, are vital too. But actually, the fact that I'm living in the kingdom of God now by grace is actually my very impetus to go out into the world and to say, how can I be a better citizen? Like, where do I see injustice that I can bring about justice? Because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of justice. Mm. And part of the way that I can bring that about in the world is by working for social justice, which the church has a rich tradition of. So it's so connected. I mean, we're, we're, I think what we're getting at here is that we are, we're body and soul composites. We're body and soul together. And to live a good life on earth as a kingdom of heaven, as a member of the kingdom of heaven is to say, I take care of my soul. I take care of my body. Uh, I'm, I'm part of this earth and I'm, and I'm part of heaven. Yeah. If, if you're just tuning in to join us, uh, you're listening to Faith in Politics. This is Chris Motes. I'm the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. I'm joined by Father Tyler Matson, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And we're talking about just the glory of God. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about um, talking about what the kingdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, living as, as citizens of God's kingdom, what that means for our our citizenship of our of our state and country. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that comes to mind as we talk about this, Father, is, you know, this might come off as a bit pie in the sky to people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's our, our politics um, at times, you know, and this comes through in cable news, it comes through in the newspapers, and I think it even creeps into our own psyche, um, whether we want it to or not. It's just this sort of cynicism yeah. We get like stuck in a rut. We get stuck in sort of our common modes of political combat. Mm-hmm. We get stuck in our in our habits of dialogue and discourse that that can be dis- dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Our conversation about being, um, you know, if we're made for heaven, why should we care about politics? How does our discussion? How can we bring it to bear on sort of breaking out of cynicism? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so important because, like you said, you can't just stay stuck. And I don't think God ever wants us to stay stuck. Uh, you know, one way to think about it is is just by asking ourselves, okay, as a Catholic, the rule that I live is the gospel, right? I, sh- I should I should want to live the gospel in my daily life. Jesus actually was deeply concerned with politics. Some people say that he that he wasn't because you know he didn't try to overthrow the Romans, he didn't try try to liberate the Jews. Uh, it seems like in some ways he was unconcerned with the government at the time. But going back to this idea that po- politics is how do we live together well, Jesus was deeply concerned with that. And read the Sermon on the Mount, read his teachings, see the way that he that he asks us to live with each other as as his followers. If I have that as my starting point. And say, okay, maybe I can't bring about a radical change in in Washington today, but I can bring the gospel to my workplace, to to, to my city politics, to to my neighborhood, uh, to uh, to my school board, and I can actually say, how can I bring the principles of the gospel, right? Love my neighbor, love God, uh, seek to live out the beatitudes. Today, I can do that today, and I can actually bring about the kingdom of God. Again, and maybe maybe it's in your kids, like PTO, like in the school, or whatever it is. Like these are all political institutions, even on small levels, and these are all areas where you can say, "How can I live with these people better as a Catholic, so that the kingdom of God 
can extend through you know every town and city in South Dakota as a starting place. Yeah, uh, and and yeah. that's and that's something I think is much more doable, and 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 maybe will help break out of the cynicism. Well, and what in my mind, kind of what you're drawing together are two things. First, universal call to holiness mm-hmm. is that we're all called to sanctity, and and so oftentimes, like we don't know what the fruits of sanctity are going to be. Mm-hmm. We're just called to like faithfulness, to to honor God, to pursue holiness. And then, like, fruits fruits come. Um, you know, we can think about so many saints of Christian history, whether it's Benedict or Francis or uh, D- D- Mother Teresa. They're just, like, seeking to do God's will. Just one person seeking to do God's will yeah. where they are. And and there were just, like, explosions of, of transformation that followed them. Mm-hmm. The, other, the, the other thread that I sort of see that you're bringing into this is just this, this real truth— that the church gives us that for lay people, politics is a proper field of missionary activity. Like it's yes. not something to just be ignored or put to the side, which is kind of the point of our discussion too, mm-hmm. of like the kingdom of God brought to bear on the here and now, mm-hmm. even in politics. But that being saints doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I have to do it just like St. Benedict and go build a monastery, or I have right. to do it just like... You know, part of our Calcutta, to borrow Mother Teresa's phrase, part of our Calcutta is the responsibilities that we already have, which is, mm-hmm. you know, being a, being a citizen, mm-hmm. um, working uh, as we can and as we're able in the political realm. You know, one, one thing, if I can, maybe as we've got um, about two and a half minutes left here, just to return to the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned right. this, this classmate of yours who mm-hmm. who was just so focused on, like, oh no, it's just, life is so short. We just got to be focused on heaven mm-hmm. and like the prayer life, the sacramental life, just like life of holiness. We don't need to care about all this political stuff. Right. Um, it, it kind of occurred to me as, as you mentioned that, is that there's a bit of like Gnosticism in this. Right. Do you, do you see that too? And, and can you maybe explain what that is? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's this idea. So, so Gnosticism was, it was an early heresy that, uh, basically said that for for the believer, for the person that is like really in God's inner circle, there's sort of this secret knowledge. And once you've achieved this level of like enlightenment and this knowledge, then you can sort of like escape from the ordinary and the mundane of the world. And I think what, what, what Gnosticism is fundamentally is a denial of the incarnation, mm. that, that, that God actually became flesh and that he never took it back. So, he's, yeah. so he, he took yeah. on flesh for all eternity. Yeah. So I think, you know, like, like you mentioned for this classmate, I think for a lot of Catholics, you can get into this mindset that, well, once I've sort of reached a certain level of holiness, then I can sort of disregard the world and I can just like, you know, levitate around and just not be, not be hindered by the things of the earth. Yeah. Where I think the reality and what Christ calls us to, in, and he models it by his own incarnation, is actually the more that you're absorbed, so to speak, into heaven as you grow in holiness, the more you're going to be driven down into the earth uh, as the protagonist of, of the kingdom of God for, for change and for good. So like you actually become more embodied the holier you become. Mm. You never become separated. Oh, that's that's beautiful. You know, that... Um... We should care about politics because God cares about politics and we know he does because he took on flesh. Mm-hmm. It's not just this sort of ephemeral spiritual thing, but right. it's incarnational. What a, what a beautiful truth of our faith. 
Well, uh, this has been a delightful conversation. Father Tyler Matson. thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Faith and Politics. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.